We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D&D with the Cave Trolls. Listen to this pop filter, this pop filter, filter pop. She's loving that filtered pop. Uh, Shar, how you doing today? I'm doing great, and I'm putting on my pop filter because it wasn't on. Well, <laughs> your I filter wasn't popped. <laughs> it wasn't popping. I did not pop pop, you know? Do you see that double pop collars are back when it comes to fashion? <sighs> I saw a TikTok about it, and I saw somebody around our age, like, just doing one of those reactions where they just stare at the camera, and they say, please, please, for the love of God, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. I got 16 polos on order. I'm going to pop oh, all awesome. the collars. The cool thing about it is I was never cool enough to do it before, but now I'm so cool. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, because yeah. you're the cool dad. That's right. Yeah, I'm not a regular I'm not dad. A regular dad. I'm a cool dad. Exactly. Do you want some alcohol on that? Because I'd much rather have you drink it here. <laughs> I'd much rather else. have you do it in the house. <laughs> <laughs> So, we don't have time for this, okay? We have to jump right into it. This is the Cave Trolls Podcast, your only source for D&D news. And when I say only source, I mean, like, one of, like, 50 uh, TTRPG news shows. <laughs> but you could listen to it here, so that's cool. Uh, and if you do, I want to thank you. I'm your faithful host, Terry Smith. With me, as always, is one half of the Slavenly Trolls. Lisa, how you doing today? Oh, we're starting with me? Hello. I threw it all off. I was—I wanted to see. I was like, are you going to roll with the punches? Are you going to be a good co-host? You're like, no, let me point it out Absolutely directly not. and pause. I'm pretty sure last time I didn't point it out, even though you might have started with me. I can't remember anymore. It's been a long time. It's been one week. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> so how have you been? I have been good. I am chilling like a villain and suffering like a woman, you know. Oh usual. my god. That, that got real, real quick. Uh, and the other half of the Slavonly Trolls, Sharday, how are you today? Do I dare ask? I am also, well, now I feel like that's just the official tagline. Um, as chilling like a villain, suffering like a woman. <laughs> I like it. I'll, I'll steal that. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I am sorry that I am not suffering like a woman. Um, I, my morning's been pretty good <laughs> so far. <laughs> well, good for you. It's <laughs> my, my, my white male privilege just, uh, showing its ugly, ugly head right now. Um, but on that note, let's get started. We have so many games to cover today. So many new games. There's a, there's a couple of actual like news items, like things that are, momentous happening in the headlines but other than that just mostly new games so if you get annoyed when we talk about all of the new ttrpgs fuck off that's what this is gonna be today um you can just take a break sit back and let me just name games that will eventually fade into the background unless you really like what it sounds like uh first up we have mountaintop isolation uh, somebody sent this one. Uh, I think this is from the community. I'm not quite sure. It's a solo journaling TTRPG um, by La Leone Publishing. Uh, did one of you two send this one? Or how did we find this? I, I think so. 
maybe Liz. I think maybe Lizzie. Did- well, Lizzie, you did the whole thread this week, so like everything is blurring together. <laughs> Who sent what this week? So we've talked about solo RPGs uh, in the past. It's similar to all the other ones, is a solo journaling one where you do your little entries. I like the idea behind this one because the whole thing is. With solo RPGs, it's always the framing device. Like, what is the idea behind it? Is that going to pull you in? And this one, you have been invited to a ski cabin weekend with your old high school friends. It is late night by the time you find your way up to the mountain, the remote cabin, and you're the first to arrive. You fall asleep by a crackling fire you built with a few logs available inside. And when you wake up, the fire has died down to embers and you hear a whistling noise outside. A glance out the window reveals a whiteout blizzard that has created four to six foot drifts of snow. There is no cell phone reception, and a landline in the cabin appears to no longer work. Um, that's the entire pitch. I'm not going to go too far into it. Solo RPGs are awesome. They're GM-less, so you don't have to worry about getting 40 friends if you don't have 40 friends or don't want to talk to them this week. So you can sit down on the toilet and do your little journal entries. That's why I enjoy solo RPGs. Shar, <laughs> what do you do on the toilet? Um, I'm on TikTok on the toilet. Of course, of course, them. like like basics. Uh, I also do, I also do the TikToks. Lissa, you know, I feel like it would be rude asking you what you do on the toilet. I'm not going to. Thank you. What? You're welcome. You asked me. I don't care about that. Be rude to you. That's a very different. We have a very different relationship. That's very true, but also rude. <laughs> <laughs> Offense. Uh, offense meant uh moving on to the next one relive this is the preview version according to the website you can get this over at tavernstories.itch.io uh nostalgia sentimental longing or wistful affection for a period in the past memories uh if you you don't know what this is i believe this is still somewhat solo uh when it comes to the gaming you get a tarot deck an eight-sided die and some sort of token you can do it from one players to four players so not completely solo solo but you can play it alone if you want to in the game you build upon the memories of each other one paves the way while others build the villages around it the rules and mechanics are friendly to role-playing beginners and uh it can take anywhere between one to five hours to play but the idea is depending on the memories that you want to explore that's how many uh that's how long it's going to take around the table. And so it's kind of like reliving your past. So you kind of has that almost like dementia like quality, um, mm-hmm. but with like rose tinted glasses, cause it's meant to be fun and whimsical. <laughs> but uh, I immediately went to, Oh, this is going to be sad when I play this <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Um, I like the idea really novel and I've messed around with that with a couple of characters. I played a character who that was sunsetting and, and, that is kind of a difficult thing for a lot of people to wrap their head around. I have a lot of people in my family that get Alzheimer's and things like that. So it was a good like therapy type thing, but also just really sad at the table. So I want fair warning. If you lean heavy into those mechanics, um, this might be a sad game. Yeah, I feel yeah, like with the real I would wor- have the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the real world context included. Yeah, it's. Yeah. But I thought I thought it was I thought it was an interesting mechanic. One hundred percent. I haven't seen a lot of things yeah. like that, like built into the mechanics of the game. So it's a really cool idea. I just like knowing like how sad some of the moments at my table gets. I'm like, I don't know if we can play that without crying. Um, and that's kind not. of the point, I right? Yeah. I cry at I'll cry at anything. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you just need a good cry. Okay? Sometimes you that's do. That's also true, though. That's like, true. And that's how I know my players are experiencing what I want them to feel, which is pain. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> the best on. gift you could ever give your DM is crying in front of them during a session. <laughs> that's right. Some of these come from the community, so if you hear something, you're like, oh, I've never heard of that publisher. That's probably why. Um, next up, let's see what I have on the docket. Um, weird, weird, weird magic. Tales from the Dungeon. That's what I got here. Let's bring up that Kickstarter. Tales from the Dungeon, the seventh issue of Tales from the Dungeon, an RPG zine compatible with fifth edition. We've already missed the the window for this Kickstarter. I apologize, it kind of came through in between episodes, but you can still go ahead and check out uh, this project and the other issues of the zine. I highly recommend it. They have some interesting stuff. This comes from Skylar Simmons. I'm not going to go too in depth, but uh, you get a little bit of everything. Uh, in this last one, you got a uh, Gonzo spell generator, beard magic, and beard styles for optimal sm- uh, spell slinging, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, <laughs> that, that's what caught my eye when you said this. I was like, oh, interesting, beard, beard. magic. I need that in my life. As my beard slowly like hits a... like wizard level, I need to master the spells I can sling with it. It sounds like something maybe like older D and D would do because I remember I don't remember what episode we did of Slovenly Trolls, but I just remember picking out like so many specific descriptions of beards, and I'm like, wow, whoever wrote this has a thing with beards. So I feel like whatever <laughs> AD and D writer had that thing with beards, they would enjoy this a lot. And, and this is definitely like all of their zines kind of lean into the old school like advanced D and D like art style. So I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. Yeah. If that's kind of where it's coming from uh so check out that one uh you can't back it necessarily on kickstarter but i believe there's still a way for you to get your hands on it and definitely the older issues so it's fully funded so i feel like it'll be available to the public you'll be able to find us somewhere okay don't come crying to us because you didn't get there in time because we were late to the party okay that's not our fault that weeks happen and sometimes your kids (laughs) start barfing at the same time as a winter storm and then your battery dies when you go to drop them off at school after all of that so (laughs) sometimes shit doesn't go as planned Um, anyways, I'll cry about that later. Let's talk about Arcanus, TTRPG. Um, not anus, Arcanus, you (laughs) son of a bitch. I heard that. It's just, the way you pronounce it. Arcanus! You could also also just say Arcanus. Or or you could not be four, and we could talk about some of these TTRPGs without you bringing up anuses for once. One episode. You said Arcanus! One episode without talking about anuses. See, listen. Impossible. This is why I have to be the dad of the show. That's why I have to be the adult. Somebody has to not think about anuses while we record. Um, You've played games. You've known me for how long? Like, you really thought you were going to say Arcanus and that I wasn't going to laugh? <laughs> Arcanus is an exciting new genre neutral TTRPG designed specifically to seamlessly migrate into any campaign setting. Uh, Arcanus is a dynamic new genre neutral D20 TTRPG specifically designed to be highly flexible and seamlessly fit into any campaign setting or genre of tabletop role-playing. Whether you're battling dragons in a high fantasy sword and sorcery setting, investigating supernatural events of the 18th century Victorian mansion, 
or involved in an epic space battle with the fate of the galaxy at stake, Arcanus's core rules set adapts perfectly to your game. Now, this is not the first D20 or last D20 game that we're going to talk about now that's now trying to go neutral in comparison to like 5e. What's exciting about this is similar to D20 Modern, which is the generic D20 game I use currently. This has a lot of the more modern generic uh, trappings that you would find in something like Cortex, Genesis, GURPS. So I'm really excited about that. I love generic games because I love building games that don't necessarily fit the setting the books like talk about. Um, so I back this one. Uh, of course, I'm sure you kind of figured as soon as I started talking about it. There's lots of cool things here. You can back it for pretty cheap too if you just want the PDF. I believe um, like $10 or more. Uh, I believe yeah, we'll get $10. you. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, no. $10 is without a reward. Oh, $10 without a reward? I'm sorry. What What is the uh, I earliest? Think... No, uh... You get a dice bag and a shout out pretty early on when it comes to some yeah, of these. So. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of text on this page. That's a lot of text. Too bad I'm not reading it. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, you... it's, it's early. You get a digital copy with what was it twenty? But I I have it in pounds okay. because it's a UK. Oh yeah yeah twenty five pounds. So that's too. still close to twenty five bucks in, in in real money. Like, so, like um, <laughs> 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 nobody caught the real money dig. So I'm gonna just gonna keep moving on. Let's uh, not call it out. <laughs> Next game, um, Wode. Uh, <laughs> what else can we say about Wode other than that name is fun to say? I just uh, thought you were saying Wode, and then I saw the name, the title, and realized it's Wode. No, this this came from the community Wode uh, Kickstarter. Let's bring up what the actual Ooh. project is. It's another solo this one's RPG. Really, this one's really cool. Though. Okay, you talk about it, Alyssa, because I didn't get a chance to dive too far past. This is a solo RPG, and I love the artwork. So. I I'm pretty sure it's based on um, actual history, but um, what I'm I'm looking at the uh, introduction thing. It says, "Fight the English, befriend the Fae, seek the Druids, find your path." Befriend. So like Welsh befriend mythology is really is like the yeah. thing here. Yeah, had me a Fae. had me a Fae. And the aesthetics. Just look at the aesthetics. Just look, yes, you listeners that are that are on the podcast, <laughs> just look at the aesthetics of this, please. <laughs> Go on to their Kickstarter. We will have it linked, and just look at the aesthetics. I'm I'm an art person, so like, what else? What else do you want me to say? You are an <laughs> art person. Um, first, uh, fight the English. I I love that. It's like the l l listen. Let's leave with our thesis. Fuck up the English. Listen, fuck the English. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on the same page here. Listen, um, as an American, I can also support this. <laughs> <laughs> You got two Americans who threw tea, who obviously ourselves threw tea in the heart. So. <laughs> oh, let's not get into the actual realities of the Boston Tea Party, um, because it's not accurate to what we were taught. That's sad uh, and true. Um, but yeah, like I really like the the vibe of this game. I love that it's more historical based. It's, it definitely has mythology and fantasy in there. Um, but I, I love the idea behind it, so I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, Wode, Stone to Stone. Don't forget the name, and it'll be hard to forget the name. It's called Wode. That's just fun to say. Out of all the games that we've talked about this week, that's the only one I said, like, several times to myself. I said Wode, um, as I was getting ready with my vocal warm-ups, as I am wont to do. Um, <laughs> don't laugh, okay? Well, okay, I'm, I have a background in, like, 
vocals. So like when you say warm up, I think, oh, okay, you're doing scales. I do. I do the scales. I do um, my little enunciation um, practice. And I also have a background in that, but I don't talk about it all the time. Like you, you nerd. Um, and also like I was cool. Like I was in like punk bands and stuff. I wasn't like on the stage singing uh, Les Miserables or whatever. Um, I n- okay, bro, I never sang Les Miserables. I, why would you in a school that. play? Let's just talk about syphilis for an hour and a half in front of the principal. That's, that's <laughs> definitely going to happen. Also, an hour and a half is very... Uh, did you really? I just wasn't in it. Yeah, we did Les Mis. I just wasn't in it. It was when I was in elementary what school. What so ass hippie school did you go to that they allowed you to... Your wife! <laughs> that's... Your the... wife's high school! They had, like, <laughs> kids... That, like, when you can describe your school, it sounds like euphoria to me. They're like, there was kids doing coke. What? We were doing Les Miserables uh, for the theater <laughs> play. Oh, man, it was crazy. I mean, listen, our senior year musical is Phantom of the Opera. That's all you need to know. That's way I'm... more tame in comparison. <laughs> Is it? Is it? It's very sexual. I don't know if you've ever seen. Sure, there's sexual <laughs> tension, but there's sexual tension in Romeo and Juliet. Like, let's just talk about Les Miserables <laughs> for a minute. Uh, or Les Miserables, uh, Mar- um, as less miserables, as we would call it here in Michigan. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Let's talk about Tangled Blessings, a one or two player Magic Academy horror RPG. RPG. Um, let's ignore the stroke I just had. Um, <laughs> uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, one to two players, GMless. I love all of that. I I know I've talked about games like Reflections on this show before. I love the smaller scale, almost uh, versus esque like fighting game version of RPGs. Sometimes I really like that idea of just like two storytellers sitting down together. Um, on the eve of your final exam at Bra- uh, Brackroot, why did they just, they're just trying to make me bring out my uh, speech impediments mm. today? Like they're really just like, hey Terry, you remember when you had a stutter and a slur? Let's try to get through this. Um, what mysteries, secrets, dread, and drama will you recall from your last four years of schooling? Uh, we don't need to go super in depth. It's exactly what it sounds like. One to two player. Um, almost versus rpg i love the framing device here um i don't know if i have people to necessarily play that with the reason why i play so much reflections is because it's kind of open anything that ends with a duel you can kind of throw in there this is specifically like listen you want to fight with your friend at this magical high school like uh it's your final year of hogwarts what if you had to kill your other friends okay uh let's talk about that uh what about you two are you interested in this listen there is a quote that says tangled blessings is beautiful and eerie and you can and should romance your rival (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's built in friends to friends to lovers to enemies or enemies to lovers enemies Uh, to lovers to friends to enemies to lovers i got it this is (laughs) a full spectrum oh well i'll definitely check it out uh but considering that usually when I play these one-on-one games, it's with my asexual, um, full-on best friend who's also afraid of romance in games, I don't know if we're <laughs> going to have as much fun as you might have, Char, um, when playing this. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll definitely try. We'll definitely try it. Lissa, are you going to take out uh, Tangled Blessings? Yes, I will. And hope, hopefully buy it at some point when I have the money. Uh, with with what money? You live in the UK. <laughs> like, what do with you... With 
Well, listen, we don't have vegetables, but um, we're gonna make it work. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear though? You can just you could just find tomatoes like in the you just trash. Find them. Yeah, yeah, they're no, just it, out. Was, it was it was in waste sewage. That's where they oh, were I'm so growing. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I I misremembered that. Yeah, go into the sewage, <laughs> find some tomatoes, and eat them. That's how you're supposed to live through this. Wow. Yeah, or 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 apparently um, we're being told to eat turnips, which are not in season. <laughs> well, they are Where not are you going to find turnips right now? Just exactly. again in the sewage. Just, just go out to the trash. The You'll sewage. find turnips. <laughs> Become a trash record. I can mail you some time. of my turnips if you want. I use them for pasties, which is a UK dish. Mm. So you can mm. you can put them in there. I can just mail mm. you the pasties. Maybe I don't know how okay. well they'll ship overseas. Um, I'll see if I can pay for some dry ice packaging. Um, <laughs> moving on, the future of cyberpunk fantasy is now. This comes from Wob Wyland over at Forbes. If you've ever heard of it, small little small little press uh, area on the internet. If you don't know Forbes, um, okay, no laughs. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Forbes is a big company. Damn it, I was being sarcastic. Thank you for laughing, people at home. <laughs> if you don't know, like when it comes to fantasy cyberpunk, you really had one option, which was Shadowrun. Or kind of make it up yourself. Uh, like Eberron and and D and D has a setting that's kind of uh, fantasy cyberpunk. But Shadow One was really the way to go, and they did a write up on three up and coming games that I've heard a lot about. Like over the past year, that people have really been talking about these games coming out. They're really excited about Subversion, Sinless, and Vault. Um, all mentioned separately. We're not going to go super in depth because all of them are just looking to be the next big name in cyberpunk fantasy. Uh, I recommend every everyone going to check out all three i have links to all three that you can purchase um vault i believe is on kickstarter as well with subversion but i think you can play subversion right now anyways sinless is the only one um that i haven't actually got my hands on or seen anything about but it's running osr which i've talked about a lot on here so if you're an old d20 modern person or advanced D, that's the one you might want to check out is sinless so check those out let me know what you think uh do you two care about cyberpunk fantasy i know you're mostly the fantasy and gothic whores uh but do you care about um adding that cyberpunk element to it yes <laughs> like, at this point like i don't know what to tell you terry like i yes. want to experience all all of it like i'm all about the aesthetic like especially gothic horror like that's like a no like no thought process needed i will say yes to it like don't need, need to reconsider or even consider it um but yes yeah, so i i want to try cyberpunk fantasy cyberpunk fantasy is about, uh well cool. i mean it's exactly what it sounds like right you take your fantasy setting and some of them are based in our world so you add like fantasy to our world that's like Shadowrun's pitch is like mm. and in a few more years as like mega corporations take over the world uh magic kind of comes back to the world there's like a big explosion dragons come out of the ground elves and orcs start popping up and bam you have a magic wand and you have a flying car um that's basically the pitch for Shadowrun. and a lot of those have really <laughs> similar things it's either did did it like is it the advancement of our world and adding fantasy or is it the advancement of an already fantastical setting so like D, &D mm. but they actually advance their technology instead of being stuck with mm -hmm. horse and buggies so mm -hmm. that's 
the whole idea behind it. They're cool. I find them really novel. If you've played a lot of fantasy, it's a really good way to shake up your table and like, oh, okay, now there's there's dragons still, but also we got to hack into this mega corporation. That could be a really fun juxtaposition. I know some tables that have been playing Shadowrun now for close to 15 years, which is crazy, um, and they never play anything else. They need both. They need the fantasy and they need the hacking. So I, I recommend it, but it's such a flavor thing because it's it's everything all at once but you have to like all of those things to have fun in the setting Mm -hmm. in my opinion it's hard to just pick out like oh i love fantasy oh i play shadow run it's kind of difficult because sometimes like Mm -hmm. there's no fantasy in the game you're playing but it's 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 interesting because like for me like what i find interesting about that is it's like it's magic versus technology and Mm -hmm. how those two work together and then because it's they're so different from each other but all all the same like they do like similar kind of problem solving anyway i would like to see the different ways that you could either keep those separate and or combine them and what you would be able to create that so that's like a very interesting thought experiment for me that's my favorite part of the game is when they do like just end up like butting heads almost into the same idea so like you need to hack into a place well you have somebody who has magic and then you have somebody who has hacked and then you have somebody who magically hacks and you to like get into like corporations like you have the hacker who's doing the net running like their avatar is in the system trying to hack things and then you have the wizard who shrunk himself down to like nanobytes and is like surfing the web literally uh like there, there's some really fun shit in there with stuff like that and uh like you break into the mega corporation and you fought all these robots to find that they have an elven scroll that's a million years old and that's how they've gotten so rich over the years there's mm. there's some really really cool stuff in there um if you go into the shadow run setting that's what i'm most you know um uh, attuned to that's the stuff i've spent the most time with there are runners built into that setting that's like that's their job is they try to go and complete a certain number of these big ticket items that will cement them into history uh so it's like there there's a list of like 20 jobs that only like four people in the world have ever attempted let alone completed and you like try to knock those off your bucket list basically it's a really really cool idea and it's just exciting to see other people getting into it and several of those projects like vault are already backed on kickstarter so like they're coming out and you're gonna get those flavors we we talked about this boom that was gonna happen with D&D kind of falling down the echelons of that's the game you play and this is the exciting stuff that comes out of that is like other people are like well what else is there yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of D&D, our next game, I believe, is a 5e joint. Um, the Black Ballad. Get ready for The Black Ballad, a 5e afterlife adventure uh, by Storytellers Forge Studios. Can you help launch an indie studio filled with award-winning creators? Find out more, they say, if you click on that. Um, that was me automatically in Ron Burgundy mm-hmm. mode, just reading whatever the teleprompter told me to say. Um, getting into the actual copy for the game. If death is, is an inevitable embrace for all adventurers, so too is resurrection. Introducing the Black Ballad, a brand new 5e adventure of a lifetime, or more accurately, an adventure of the afterlife. Storytellers Forward is pleased to announce the launch of the Black Ballad, an epic 10-chapter afterlife campaign and setting for 5e and other compatible systems designed to run after a TPK. That's the part that's pretty cool. So everyone drops, you're like, well, this is our chance. Let's uh, let's go fight the Void Ravager. Um, so you got lots of different monsters in here. 10 cinematic chapters, 30 acts, multiple side quests. 
uh, a few different new mechanics when it comes to dying and being resurrected, multiple endings so you could rerun it if you wanted, and choice definitely matters. Over 300 pages, they got different monsters, other items in here. It's going to be compatible with things like Black Flag and all the other new D20 systems that are basically 5e, so you don't have to feel like you're stuck in 5e if you were trying to move out of that still, as a number of groups have messaged me about that. They're like, well, we're trying to move away. What else can you do? I'm like, well, all these games that we thought were going to be different games are still just 5th edition, so you're fine. Uh, <laughs> so you're going to be able to check out, check out the Black Ballad. Uh, have you two thought about running something, specifically if you run into a TPK? Have you ever run into a TPK before? I've never run into a TPK. TPKs terrify me as a DM. <laughs> now it's coming. I've, I've put it out into the air. It's just out there now. I don't. <laughs> I just, uh, I, uh, I don't set out <laughs> to do TPKs, but like, I'm so worried that I'm going to act. I've act almost accidentally done a TPK. I think like within my first couple of months of being a DM, I, horribly unbalanced an encounter because i didn't know how to do it and i still don't really know how to do it um but it was so terrifying that i just had to like i just had to bs my way out of it because i didn't know how to handle it as a dm like nope i can't i can't kill my party right now i i can't do this sure you can (laughs) you definitely could still do it nope (laughs) probably i have the tools now to do it but like then as like a new baby gm i was like absolutely not no i don't know how to handle this This is don't go ahead no that was it i just didn't know how to handle this this. is like the the third game now that is the answer to that we've talked about a few other ones in the past like that are like the black ballad but black ballad i believe is the first one that we're finding that's actually in fifth edition that same rule set so if you are a dungeon master who accidentally tpks you now have an answer to that so that's kind of exciting Mm -hmm. i've done them before i've been a part of them before um with my games often i fluctuate between exactly rules as written and i don't uh set challenge ratings i don't like like if you run into my world and you're like there's a white dragon sometimes that's a story reason sometimes well you just went the wrong way and i rolled the d100 and it said there's a white dragon there you have to fight it or die or run um And then I also fluctuate to the other side of it, which is the monster dies when it's not fun to fight anymore. Um, so it yeah. really depends. Uh, I When I've run into a few TPK situations, I tried to do something along the lines of Black Ballad, which is, okay, now they fight the Grim Reaper. You have a second chance. It's yeah. a fun little thing or a little little adventure in the afterlife to eventually pop back out the other side. Like It doesn't have to be the end if you don't want it to be. Yeah. So it's cool to see I them think- be embraced. Now that I know that stuff like this exists, I'm not as afraid anymore <laughs> as a DM to like just accidentally because I never purposely go out to TPK anyone. Like, lies. I kill a party, then this will happen. But also, I feel like it's worth pointing out um, this is written by the people who did the Red yeah, Opera, which is that. What did they the do? Failed the the red opera you know oh i do know i listen yes Uh i know the red opera well i guess tell the people at home i apologize i'm like oh i know that name well if you haven't been plugged into the ttrpg news as long as we have been running this podcast uh there is a big hullabaloo involving big creators by the name of jameson stone and satine phoenix they did some real bad stuff where they didn't pay their creators um, but they had slash have ongoing Kickstarter projects, one of which was the Red Opera, fully funded. They never, 
I think there there's still people who haven't been paid for that project and another one of their projects. Awesome, so, um, very talented writers who just got awesome, caught up with some really people. shitty people. And by the way, I don't know yeah. who this other guy was, but I believe his name was Studley Stone. Studley Stone. I'm so sorry. Studley Stone. It's not Jameson Stone. It's Studley Stone. Studleystone.com. Um, <laughs> the people who worked on that Red Opera project, this is their new, like, this is their project and their new studio. So if you want to support the writers who got fucked over, the really talented, awesome people who did yeah. the Red Opera, which is their idea, but they don't have the rights to it anymore, so they can't really do much with it. This is, I'm assuming, like a spiritual, like successor to that. I don't want to say sequel, but like I'm sure there's a lot of themes and stuff that they want. They have, that's in the Red Opera that you could also find in this. So if you were excited about that, you didn't want to support Studley Stone, <laughs> um, you could probably check this out, and it'll have a lot of those same themes and motifs, and also awesome people behind it. So. That's really cool. I didn't know that. That's super I mean, duper exciting. I mean, it's also having to do with the band that the Red Opera um, originally was created. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, they're, the idea. they're involved so, too? Yeah, so the set, it looks like there's this a soundtrack that you can get as well by oh Dia Morte, God. which is the band yeah. that inspired the, the Red, Opera. Red Opera. Yeah. That is or so exciting. Yeah. yeah. That is, oh, that's so cool. Well, that's an easy purchase here. Um, yep. <laughs> so definitely check out the Black Ballad. Uh, sadly, we have to move on because there's 5,000 games left. Uh, next up <laughs> is Luna Uni. Um, I'm super excited about this game. So the entire idea is uh, based on lore and live sessions that help players write a world and get inspired to play. Um, you can get it on Kickstarter right now. And as somebody who's like taking my game ideas or like events or just like storytelling ideas and then sold them in other media, like as other mediums, like I take a lot of stories that pop up around the table and go make comic books out of them. This is entirely based around that idea. So it's like, hey, this will help you. It's almost like a session zero game. This will help you make a world if you need inspiration to go play or find new players to play. But also this is how you just tell a story with uh rpgs which is what some people have a hard time doing they come into it going okay this is a game and it's a war game how do i tell an interesting narrative and that's what luna uni um seeks to kind of solve built in um i what are they like the in the classroom or out is kind of uh their little tagline yeah uh did you two get a chance to check this out what do you think of it I think that it's just super because the way I think this was one of the things that came up um, when I did uh, something on Twitter and it was a response that they had like this entire toolkit for teachers mm -hmm. and how it could be used in like an educational setting specifically and I just thought that that was the coolest thing ever because it's like RPGs and TTRPGs specifically are a tool like and can be used for many things and not just like adults using escapism and stuff like that but like you you actually learn things and i think that that using it as a toolkit and making it specifically as a toolkit for teachers to be able to use in their classrooms and to teach children i think that that's just really smart and really cool it's such a good idea. idea for like like when i uh, yeah. obviously other other aspects of of different classrooms and stuff but when i think of like the um literature aspect or the creative writing classes that could use this to inspire kids it's such I've a cool been, thing 
I've been going on for years about <laughs> like using Dungeons and Dragons in a creative writing class. Like one hundred percent, it's such a it good idea. Would be it's it's it'd be such a cool module to teach, if not for an entire class or workshop, but just like a tiny little like week long block. Because it, especially for beginner storytellers or anybody who takes like an introductory creative writing course or a storytelling course, it just has the perfect tool set to like ascribe specific words and terms for all of these different tools and um, aspects that go into creating a story, but it's in a game format. So it's fun. It also has the logistics or maybe the more left-minded people who maybe aren't as creatively inclined they could be like oh just fill in these boxes and then you have a story structure mm -hmm. it's it's such a good teaching tool and i've thought that for years and i'm so glad that people are now developing systems with that specifically in mind it's super exciting and i'm yeah. excited to hear about people using it and seeing the results they get from it yeah so i'm really excited about that check out luna uni um it's not launched on kickstarter yet but we'll have the links there you can go have it if you have a kickstarter account you can just have them notify you when it launches they'll send you an email um and trust me they never fail i, I get notified of many kickstarters launching that i uh, forgot about a long time ago <laughs> um every single day moving on to akaroth um does that sound like anus too char no, um what it doesn't have anything what now you're just stretching now maybe you're the four-year-old now i'm now i'm the anus um Akeroth, the anus. ttrpg campaign setting 5e and pathfinder compatible and i'm guessing all of the other new fifth edition games like black flag um definitely compatible um Akaroth is a realm of fantasy currently used as the backdrop to three weekly campaigns it is a place of epic adventures magical powers towering villains the world is vast diverse with a range of landscapes and regions that range from scorching aslana deserts to the frozen tundra of airstone um you can check this out this comes from our community so i was really excited to kind of plug it here um it's a huge book 250 pages uh which is big if you've never backed a kickstarter rpg before that's this like goes and puts in the work you have cool fantasy maps you got creatures in here magic items tons of story hooks um and like they go in depth like when they mention those names sometimes i get annoyed when it's like oh these are all just proper nouns this doesn't mean anything to me um when you open up this book they go in depth for all of the different places that they're mentioning there's a reason why it's a proper noun and they give a shit about those locations that they've created the whole um it's being played right now in three different campaigns it really shows the history of the world and how much time they've put into it um you can tell it's like no we didn't just move over our D, D campaigns we took the time and set this up and they built the history using those campaigns which is really exciting so uh cool. you can go check that out um if you're looking for more 5e campaign settings i don't know if you had a chance to read any of this did you do i've given i've like i'm looking through it right now mm -hmm. um it looks super interesting I'm it was it was way more like high quality art than i expected not that i expected I, yeah. it to be stick figures but i was like oh this is a legit book it's it's beautiful yeah that's I'm like I'm, I'm always down to learn about like people's you know homebrewed settings because i'm also homebrewing a setting so like just being in tune to what other people are doing and making it compatible for other systems i always have my my eyes on those go on Lisa, sorry no i was just about to say um that yeah i when i saw this and i clicked on the link and i i saw the art specifically i like that was what immediately caught my attention 
mm-hmm. and why I was so intrigued by this specific one because I was just like, oh my god, look at that art! Like <laughs> that, is, that is like I, I'm a graphic designer. Like what? but everything they have like when you look at like one of the random pages with a couple of guys fighting like near like a castle and i'm like oh this is like a a still from elden ring this you know this could be like the cover artwork to a forgotten realms novel so it was just really exciting that they put the work into it it seemed like the love of the game and their campaign just kept growing until they're like hey we have to sell this because it's so good um i love seeing that love of the game kind of explode into that um Moving on, Mecha Concrete, a chiptune fantasy RPG. Um, it's a game where you and your friends play robots thrown into a medieval world full of ambiguous characters. Um, it, I don't know if you can still fund this as of now. I think it might be done on Crowdfunder. Um, yeah, it's got two days left. So if you're um, uh, a Patreon listener, you're going to hear this tomorrow. You'll have a little bit of a chance still to contribute if you wanted to. Um, it doesn't look like it's close to hitting its goal yet. It's a pretty um, uh, minuscule goal of 500 euros. So it's only at 50% of that. So there's a chance they might re-upload this. But go check out Mecha Concrete. I love the cartoonish art style and everything they had going on here. It's definitely rules light. Um, they use six-sided die. So really simple if, you've, if you're familiar with like uh, the Year Zero, the Mutant Year Zero game. So Tales from the Loop stuff like that four five or six is a success and it's just kind of a novel idea go check it out um whether it's this time around on crowdfunder or it's next time around uh, mecha concrete um there's four k's in it not three so in case you're like oh is that racist it doesn't look like it um but it did catch my eye for a second i was like oh no what am i plugging but it seems okay <laughs> listen that's a thing you gotta keep an eye out nazis it's are fucking true. sneaky sometimes these days you're not wrong fucking nazis fuck nazis if i haven't said fuck it enough nazis. lately um <laughs> no political spectrum like there's no good people on both sides fuck nazis no. um <laughs> just as a general thing like i think uh, we could say that's a good tagline for the show yeah. uh fuck na- nazis trolls, colon fuck nazis <laughs> I'm, honestly i'm fine with it um <laughs> um moving on <laughs> to tides of merc fort a browser-based uh fifth edition game this one's really cool if you've ever wanted to play fifth edition just on your browser alone or with your friends choose your own adventure style um they call it choose your own adventure meets baldur's gate meets virtual tabletop episodic releases first chapter first chapter is available for free um you can check that out over on kickstarter it's uh only a little bit backed right now uh i think it's still got like two months left so you have plenty of time to catch up on this one um but it uses the fifth edition rule set it's exactly what it sounds like uh you know clicking through and doing your choose your own adventure 12 pre-made characters um the co-op multiplayer isn't finished yet so i think if you start this you got to play it solo it goes from first to fourth level right now in-game journal it really is it feels like i if they had fifth edition back when you would play those early adventure games on like the super nintendo or pc um like monkey's island type thing uh so yeah it was pretty exciting or uh if you were an old pc nerd mist have you ever heard of that one (gasps) miss yeah i used to play i didn't even know what it was I st- listen i've been playing mist for like 20 years i still don't know what it is <laughs> right like my parents like i grew up my dad has always been really tech savvy because he's always been in it so we had a computer when i was really little and they would just i got like an interest in computer games when i was really young 
So they would put on Mist, and I would watch my dad play. And then I think I just bugged him so much that he just let me play it solo. And I did. And I have, like, these visceral memories of me just, like, clicking through the original Mist. And then the game ends, and you have to switch to Ribbon. Uh. <laughs> and then playing through Ribbon. And, yeah, no, it's... I, I don't even know what it's about. Now that I'm an adult, I think it's a puzzle game, right? It, it, totally. <laughs> it's like, it's an adventure puzzle game. Um, yeah. Uh, point and click, if you were. Point and um, click, yeah. so, so definitely check out this, then, if you're interested in that. Um, Lissa, did that, like, the PC games like Myst were really big all across Europe. Did you ever dabble with that when you were a kid? Dibble dabble. No, that doesn't sound very familiar. Um, I mean, like I, I did, I played games like RuneScape in uh, the Nordic I, mountains, yeah. as I envisioned where you were born. <laughs> um, did Mist ever ever penetrate the mountainside? Were you able to Don't get that floppy disk? Listen, uh, you four year old. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God, all it right. Is, I don't even care. Penetrate. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to what penetrates my life, the Magnus Archives, one of my favorite podcasts of all. Is that a no? I I think I don't. Did I cut out or did you cut out? Uh, maybe I cut out. I don't know. I said, did you ever hear of the Magnus Archives? And it went silent. No, I, yeah, I think you I cut didn't. out then because I, I think didn't. you cut out. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> it's okay, no, no, no. no That's why no, I record I... from my end, so we don't have to listen to you two go. What's yeah. he saying? Like, listen, what I... what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> uh, I heard, I saw the teaser on Twitter, but that's all I know. When I know it's by Bonnie Cook Games, that's that's about where my understanding. Okay, is. okay, Lisa, have you ever listened to the Magnus Archives? Uh, as in, listen to. I feel like you're referring to something that I don't know about. Perfect. I did see this on. I did. I did see this on Twitter, and I do know that it's Monty Cook. So okay. I do not know what the Magnus Archives. Are. Let me give you the lowdown on the Magnus Archives. The Magnus Archives is an epistolary podcast, so like a drama audio play told in first person. So you have um, you have the narrative framing device of the. I think they're called the librarians when it comes to the Magnus archives. And they have all of these first person accounts of the supernatural. So think like the men in black type thing or the men of letters from supernatural. And they collect all of these supernatural stories and they have like a recorded version. And the librarian is reading these archives to the listener. Um, and they're really is told in first person but they all share the same world and there's a narrative that starts to pop up through these different entries um oh there's an overarching big bad and there there are some evils that repeat and some people have run into the same monster um they're they're really cool really creepy one of the best podcasts ever go check out the magnus archives they come from rusty quill that's the name of the company it's fucking awesome they're teaming up with monty cook to make an rpg about this i don't know what it could be i love monty cook games they make good shit so i'm super duper excited but that's the vibe of it it's just the creepy supernatural gotcha um, that's kind of ringing a bell now that you describe it. I feel like somebody's described that podcast to me before, but I didn't remember what. Could it was. have been me or, or our buddy John because we both really, really love that show. I think it was. I think it was actually my friend Deanna. Well, fuck you. Deanna. It was either me or John. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Sorry, Deanna. I don't know you. I didn't mean it. You're probably a very nice person. I apologize. She is an amazing person, and she also has a podcast. What does she have? What's her podcast? 
she has a podcast with Megan called So Raven. Oh, I do know. I I mean, I don't know Deanna personally, but I do know the podcast. I love her. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, um, I did not. Of course, that is. why wouldn't I think that that's her? I just like. <laughs> no, that's, fair. that's funny though. I was like, oh no, so definitely not fuck Deanna. <laughs> <I love laughs> not fuck Deanna. Uh, good job, Deanna, for making that stick in Charday's mind hole. Who remembers nothing? So. <laughs> yeah, the Magnus Archives is super cool, super creepy. I love that idea. I want to know more about this fucking game now. Um, yeah. but they don't have much yet. Like they're just like it's gonna gonna go up on Backerkit, which if you don't know is another crowdfunding website so get ready to check out the magnus archives and check out the podcast in the meantime if anything i said got you excited go listen to it there's tons of episodes several seasons spin-off podcasts and other media they also stream on twitch and stuff so go check out rusty quill in general um if you like creepy british people telling you stories that is the pitch i would give you for magnus archives um moving on i listen to stories is creepy british people telling you stories (laughs) Yeah, I spent I mean, like two and a half, three years in England. Like, do you, that's how all English people listen to stories. Do you not know that? Merkborg <laughs> is Danish, right? Or is it Finnish? No, Swedish. Swedish. I think it's Swedish. Uh, what? Merkborg is that Swedish? <laughs> Merkborg. Oh, Merkborg is Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, speaking of creepy Europeans, let's talk about let's have uh, creepy Oi. Swedish people <laughs> tell you stories with Merkborg. Um, Icon is the new expansion, or Merkborg if you're um, from Michigan, um, as I used to call it before. Lissa just fucking also, tore me a new one. Also, the Swedes are very creepy. Yes, that is they, accurate. Oh, listen, they are, but not as like they're not a monolith. But some of most of the things I get out of Sweden, I'm like, this is fucking creepy. Maybe that's a me problem. I don't know. Um, but Free League Publishing has it up right now. If you like Merkborg or any of the other stuff they put out, like Cyborg, you can check out the expansion for Merkborg right now. It's called Icon I K H O N. I don't need to go super in depth. If you know of it um you're gonna go buy this anyways because we are a strong and legion community so uh definitely go check that out if you don't know it's like D, but creepier and deadlier and this is just more of it um so <laughs> go check that out they have some really cool stuff coming in the mystery box set for icon um so if you like getting tons of little extras and the illustrations are really good from Merkborg, so if you want more hard copy awesome shit go check that out uh one day i will get everyone to play Merkborg and cyborg and now icon but that day's not today today is not that yeah today's not that day (laughs) one day one day. one day more <laughs> another day another destiny exactly know? um moving on to the revenant society if you happen to be interested in a game about playing the undead in 1910s paris or 1920s new york city mm-hmm. who needs to solve their death in a shattering event all while being stuck in a time loop the revenant society by uh sen fung lim and i might be your jam this comes from banana chan over on uh uh twitter um, but you, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that we give a shit. Fans of Banana Chan. Um, about Banana, Banana Chan. Chan, definitely. Um, I don't need to go more into it. That's the best pitch, and I'd only water it down. So if you like that, check out the <laughs> Revenant Society. Sometimes that happens, right? Where I'm like, oh, I can give you more details, but they did a better job of it. So 
Um, and we have other games to talk about, like Starfinder Enhanced. It's like Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, but for Starfinder, and that is literally what it is. Like I don't need to go more into depth. So if you've heard us talk about Starfinder, it comes from Paizo Games. It was their space setting for Pathfinder One E, um, that kind of grew into its own thing over time, and this is their revised fundamental um system for Starfinder. So advanced Dungeons and Dragons or 3.5 version of their already 3.5 game. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a 2E because it's really just taking a lot of what they errated over the years and alternate and then adding a lot of cool new rules. Um, rather than making an entire new version of the game, but it's still really exciting. Like there's like whole new like ship building and ship uh, expansions in there. If you've played, that's something that they were lacking a little bit when it comes to um, their alternate books, which were usually more like here's five new races of aliens to play or new planets to explore. The expansion of the ships is a really cool idea. Um, so Starfinder Enhanced, you can check that out on Paizo's website. I'll link it here. Do you care uh, at all about Starfinder and its enhanced edition? I I like the way you say enhanced. Well, they, listen, it's all capitals. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to say it? They have an exclamation point in the press release. Enhanced. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. My uh, my son, he's five. And he's just learning how to read and learning what exclamation points are. It's really fun to have him read stuff when there's an exclamation point because he fucking yells it. When he realizes that there's an exclamation point at the end, he's like, oh, I get to yell this last one. Woo! Um, so, <laughs> so that's why I read it that way. Um, <laughs> moving because on. you are a five-year-old? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what weren't you picking up on this? Uh, action 12 Cinema. B-movie action 12-sided dice. Um, action 12 Cinema is a GM-less, zero-prep, collaborative role-playing game for telling B-level action movie stories with handfuls of 12-sided dice. Um, that's all I'm going to get into it. It takes about three to six players. You can play it in three to five hours. I already backed this because I fucking love that idea. Um, do you two care about Action 12 Cinema? I care about zero prep time. <laughs> I, that's the right. Like that got me. I was like, Oh, one of the things I love about reflections, you can just start telling a story like, Oh, we agree. We're yeah. cowboys. We're going to go into this and duel each other at the end. Or we're samurai. Let's jump into something like that. So having this be a little bit more of a group play without a GM action, 12 cinema sounds really cool. B movie action. And mm -hmm. also little known fact, 12 sided dice, best dice, you know, a lot of people don't yeah. think about that, but they are the best. So, um, that's like underused, yeah. They are underused. Lissa, I hear interesting. I don't hear a green. What is your problem with 12 sided <laughs> dice? Well, Here's no, your gotcha like, moment. I, Why do you hate 12 sided dice? Tell, go ahead and tell us. I, I haven't really used them. Wow. Wow. What? You really had a weapon them. in my campaign that used a D12. What are you talking was about? Was it a glaive? What else uses a D12, Shar? What did you. I or was this a homebrew? I gate it was a homebrew weapon. You monster, jeez. What's rules is written. What is wrong with you? The like, rules not. are there for a reason. Give, I wanted to give the barbarian a fun toy. I've so definitely I read all toy. of the books and know all the rules, Shard. Yeah. It just disgusts me that you would dare make an item like that. Where's the balance, you know? How is that fair at the table? When I go to the cons to play with strangers, how am I supposed to have my barbarian stack up against Lissa's? That's just as ridiculous. You're, you're not, because women are better. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Oh, uh, my barbarian's like, a woman. Does that count? Does that does that work? Can I well, skate we, around this? Then I don't know why you're concerned. We will be equally matched. I want this yeah. D12 item. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless you think that you won't be able to oversmart my womanness. Listen, a, a, as a man, I think I just understand these rules better, you know, just when it comes to uh -huh. role-playing. Um, it's just built uh -huh. in. It's. I mean, it is built into TNT. So I was trying to make a joke. I'm like, oh, no, no, yeah, but it is, though. That's so fucked up. Not that I understand it better, but that they think that I would understand it better. <laughs> Oh man! For war games and fighting. That's true. That's true. And women are programmed for what? Shar. Uh... In the kitchen making sandwiches. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Thank you, thank you. I needed you to say it because if I said it, whether a joke or not, it's a problem. <laughs> and we're already skirting real close to the line here. Um, uh, just know that none of these are actual views. Um, and Dungeons and Dragons sucks sometimes. Uh, anyways, D12s, whether Lissa hates them or not, are awesome, so I'm really excited about Action 12 Cinema. Moving on. No, I said moving on, damn it. Yeah. No, yeah. what were you going to say? I apologize. No, I just, my favorite thing about this whole thing, um, I mean, this Kickstarter, is that the four attributes that define your hero are brains, brawn, charm, and moxie. <laughs> moxie? I That's amazing. Have you, t have you two ever checked out anything about 7th C? Yeah, actually, I've heard yeah. about it. So, I've heard about it. One of my favorite RPGs. It's you know we probably talked about it on here. It's a pirates game, um, but it has a Pirates of the Caribbean stat built into it. One of the things that you have is panache, uh, <laughs> and it's a fundamental part of it. Like instead of having luck yeah. or like charisma built in, like you have panache, and that's why I bought the game in the first place. Was simply they're like one of the core stats, panache. I'm like, yep purchase let's uh <laughs> i now play 7c so i love the idea of moxie being one of my core stats that's great love, uh, the vibes. love it um speaking of vibes let's talk about camp elementa a role-playing game for one to six players imagine summer camp but with elemental powers this gm agnostic rpg for one to six guides players through an entire campaign so you spend your summer camp with your elemental powers school's out and your caregivers have decided that you're old enough to go to sleepaway camp but they're not sending you to just any summer camp camp elementa is where use and control your elemental powers in a safe space far from prying human eyes so it's like uh uh slumber camp island meets uh xavier's institute for G gifted youngsters if you're an x-man fan um i'm super excited about this game the art is really cool i don't know how to describe it almost like uh I don't know, like one of those like old like fifties fashion magazine art styles or um uh like the kids' books of the time. I don't know. How would you describe this art style? That's a Lissa question for Shizzle. Um let me look up the art style. Lissa, use all your finished <laughs> words that we can just say, yeah, we don't have a word for it in English, but if you say it in Finnish it makes sense. <laughs> I mean it's 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 very sort of reminds me of retro cartoons but, okay yeah um, like curious like, george like those old uh yeah. old timey like kid um kid i almost said comics those kid books like if you if you combined um retro cartoons and made them more modern i think that's what you would get with this yeah if you've ever read um oh it's the not the history of comics it's like how to write comics it's like a really famous uh comic book about the process of comic books um it's very cute 
I would say. Yes, very, very cute. Um, I love the idea that it's kind of like Percy Jackson-esque. Like, you go to this island where it's like a summer camp, but they're going to teach you, yeah. um, like, how to control your powers, that X-Men mentality of it. I really like that yeah. idea. Char as um, a young adult novel aficionado of the past. What do you think about this entire pitch? I'm intrigued by it, for sure. Like, it definitely has a very um, young adult vibe. Like, um, I think from, like, the art style and the pitch, it kind of gives me, if anybody's familiar with the young adult author, um, Rainbow Rowell. Okay, yeah. Last name. Um, she wrote books like Eleanor and Park and Fangirl. Yeah. And they're not fantasy books, but they it has that kind of um, wistful young vibe and like with the art this ttrpg kind of has that but with the added fantasy element which i really appreciate yeah it's pretty exciting the comic book i was talking about was called understanding comics the invisible art by scott mcleod it's like a must-have if you want to like get into comics or writing them or anything like that it like teaches you how to do the panels it has the exact same art style um so if you're familiar with that or not go check out that too but um camp elementa i'm really excited about this uh Ederine muhammad noor um is who it's by so check that out um moving on what's next on the docket i believe it's god killer which is another god. exciting one by connie chang i've been sitting on this news for months but it's finally time to share god killer pre-orders will open on march 28th 2023 my birthday this launch will include a streamed one-shot series with some amazing guests and an official podcast series let's kill all gods and be gay um so you can <laughs> i know i fucking love to uh, a holy punk rpg for one player the god killer and one gm the god they must kill so one-on-one D, &D as we've talked about which is really fun on this so i'm super hyped for this published by magpie games that's all the information we have on it but go follow uh gm connie chang over on twitter i think it's at by connie chang so you can go check that out those are all the details we have though but i'm excited i'm definitely gonna buy that day one I think they teased it a little bit when they were on Secret Nerd Podcast. Yeah, they did. Yeah, listening to the episode um, where Navar um, interviewed her, interviewed them, and they were talking about like this idea that they've had forever, where like it's a player and a GM, and one of them is a god, and one of them has to kill them. So th this has been in the works for a while. That episode is like over a year old, I think, at this point. So I'm excited to see it actually come to fruition because I was really intrigued when I first heard the interview, but now I'm even more excited. It's come up on their Twitter a couple different times. Like they, they talk a lot about wanting to GM the all GM game. So like Matt Mercer, Brennan mm -hmm. Lee Mulligan, and stuff. And uh, they also talked about it on the adventuring. Um, adventuring academy i believe is the d20 podcast where mm. they just talk to other gms about playing and stuff mm -hmm. um and this exact concept they didn't say they were making this game but this exact concept came up um for one of their homebrew settings so i was kind of expecting something like this coming so it's pretty cool to see it come to fruition like i said i'm going to buy it so um my my browser wanted to remind me about arcanus just so you know 
Um, it just popped back up. I must have had like two tabs Are open you of sure? our games. Listen, <laughs> or or um, <laughs> um, so following up on uh, Lissa's little community tweet um, this weekend. We are was it this weekend? It was on Wednesday. That's not a weekend. Doesn't matter. Um, some of the podcasts from the community. We have Adventurers Anonymous, Dork Day, um, which actually has like three different podcasts. One actual play and a couple other ones about D and D. Roll what you will, which is another um. Uh, actual play and then quest lines so go check out all those podcasts i don't have time to go in depth on each one but they do a much better job describing their podcasts and they all have a bunch of really cool content so go check out all of those um the only one i haven't actually checked out anything from is roll what you will so uh, if they're awful, um, which they probably aren't, if they listen to this show, I feel like we have a pretty high threshold. We're like, uh, you know, like fuck Nazis, you know, like they're at least not Nazis. So go check out Roll What You Will. I just can't fully endorse and go, I love that podcast. Sorry, haven't listened. Um, there's just not enough time, okay? Be- uh, so Worlds Beyond Number dropped like 15 episodes yesterday. Um, oh <laughs> and I'm like, well, I have to listen to all of these. Who sleeps anymore? Um,. And finally, in our bits and bobs section that has gone, how long has this gone? Have we been keeping a timer? One hour and seven minutes. Um, Lancer Tactics. Um, We've talked about the Lancer RPG on the show before. Do you two remember that one? It's a mecha RPG. I it's one of my favorite combat systems of any rpg i love mecha i love anything surrounding it and it it goes really like deep into like you have this type of ordinance on your mecha but it's really intuitive so it's like okay you reload just like you would in a video game like the turns make sense you don't have to be a war gamer to kind of get it and then they have a separate rule set for when you get out so you're just a pilot walking around your mission camp before you go out on your missions and it's really intuitive really fun to play Play. I highly recommend it and I love it and because they also have an open license um, a group of people have made a video game in the vein of Advance Wars or Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics if you've ever played any of those tactics RPGs with the Lancer rule set that's one to one to the game because they could because open licenses are awesome like that um, you can play the free demo right now I have the link to it it's fucking awesome and the Kickstarter is going live yesterday i believe march first so you can go back it i have um you should go do this and check it out it was one of my favorite things ever um it's got a really cool like old school almost gba art style uh so gba mechs and tactics that's compatible with your rpg so that you can kind of like make your character there and then carry it over with you with your friends i the ideas just keep running through my head i'm very excited about this um plus i just love the cross pollination or you're playing the video game that matches up i'm so excited for fucking Baldur's gate 3 so things like this are just getting me super jazzed um are you, are you gonna play anything like this i know mechs aren't necessarily everyone's bag here but uh it's not really my bag but i'm excited for how excited you are <laughs> so, listen you have no idea like when i heard about this the other day i'm like oh this is a dream um because <laughs> I, I i love mechs i love uh there's not enough mech video games that are rpgs there's a ton of mech games that are like uh musos which is just like hack and slash kill as many bad guys as you can possible so having the rpgs build it in there um it's super duper cool with one of my favorite rpgs of all time um on that note real quick have you thought about doing any sort of cross-pollination of like playing a little bit in Baldur's gate 
three and then carrying over those characters or vice versa any any sort of cross media ideas pop up into your brains when it comes to that game or are you just excited to play it um i'm excited to play it and i'm excited to create characters that i've already built within 5e in Baldur's Gate. Mm, yeah yeah just uh, none as I mean, because when I first saw it, I was like, "Ooh, I could build like this NPC that I've had in this person." But mostly, I'm just excited to I think play the game because I just I usually separate like video game playthroughs with like other uh, stuff that I'm doing, like tabletop stuff. Okay. But I'm open to the concept, but it's not something that like if I play through Baldur's Gate, I want to do it like completely just by playing the game but mm-hmm. i also do kind of want to see how my stats would roll over just from like a mechanical standpoint for my ttrpg characters that i've built in 5e 100 percent. i've done i've done both now with like, like the current you know build of it um like some of the characters that you've run into in my forgotten realms game that you've played were from mm-hmm. my Baldur's gate runs um, which is limited because like the full game's not out yet. Um, but I'm really excited to do the opposite, which is like play through Baldur's Gate and then carry it over and then carry those characters back and see if I can do that with the character customization. Maybe once they open up, if it can be modded, can I build a level 20 character and oh, put yeah. them in my party type thing? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm really excited because sometimes you don't get around to playing those games as often a way to still hang out with those characters you build them in Baldur's Gate like what a lot of people if you mm-hmm. play the Sims like everyone's got a Sims world where it's all your friends from work right you know or, or whatever um, your friend group they don't see very often or your characters from D&D they're in your Sim City <laughs> so like, uh, like yeah you're giggling because I know you do it I, I haven't seen you listen, but I know you do it listen every listen, Sims player does that <laughs> Lissa can attest. I've shown her my game where all of our D and D characters are, and I have, <laughs> I have a mod in The Sims where it's an adult mod. Of course, you have an adult mod. Jesus. Well, I have a couple. I have a couple, but the with, one I with was your Arcanus. Well, yeah, with the Ar- the Arcanus mod first off, and the other one is um, you add drugs. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. So I like enabled all the settings. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if I just put all of this imaginary drugs on here, put our D and D characters in there, and just like leave them with all full autonomy and see what happens? I'm just like a it sweet summer child when it comes to that because I've never played Sims with mods, so I don't really. <gasps> I know oh! they exist. Okay, and I've seen okay, a lot okay, of that okay, stuff, okay. but. Okay, it makes sense if you haven't played Sims 4, but if you've played Sims 4 and you haven't modded, like, I am so sorry. You <laughs> are not having fun. You are not playing The Sims. Right. I, I, yeah. I played through the base Sims 4, and I think I was a little disappointed by it at the time. Yeah. And then I just started playing um, City Skylines, which kind of got that, like, Sim mentality out of me of, like, well, I just want to build stuff, I guess. So um, yeah. I just haven't yeah. gone back. I don't have time. I have children. Um, which is my own fault, but they're still (laughs) time-consuming. Like, I don't blame anybody else. It was my choice to have kids, but, like, I did do it. So it's like, well, I gotta feed them fucking every day man. <laughs> um, if you boot up the sims you're gonna be playing if you boot up the sims great. you don't feed yourself let alone other people okay? 100%. you get it 100%. 100 baby challenge let's go um, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, moving on to our other segment. That's right. If you didn't know, there are other segments to this podcast, like Village Crier, where we talk about the news of the day, not just the new stuff that's coming out. Um, but <laughs> listen, there was just a lot of games to talk about, and they were all cool, so don't don't sleep on them. But there is some other news going on, like a cryptic tease that came out from the Dimension 20 Twitter. Um announcing the next season that's going to wrap up after never after finishes which has been awesome if you're listening or watching to dimension 20 never after i know sharda you've dabbled list so you don't watch a lot of actual plays have you checked out dimension 20 at all i know of it so i do get snippets on mm-hmm. tiktok of course of it but i haven't ever watched a full episode Listen, that's how I got into Dimension 20. They put up the the clips on TikTok of Riz Guggak, um and his romance partner, Baron from the Baronies, if you if you know, you know. And it was some of the funniest things I had ever seen. And I was a fan of college humor back in the day. I was like, I got to check out this dropout. And I don't really like actual plays, but maybe I'll give it a chance. And now it's one of my favorite things of all time. So um, hard for me not to recommend. Their current season, Never After, is like a horror version of the of the old fairy tales so the main characters are like the frog from princess and the frog puss in boots little red riding hood who's a werewolf um mother goose who is like has this uh haunted storytelling book that has all of the ways that the stories are supposed to happen but these are dark and twisted versions it's such a good campaign pinocchio lou wilson as pinocchio is inspired um cut off his own nose so people can't tell when he's lying like that it just keeps going on and on so i love dimension 20 and brendan lee mulligan the gm from that has cross-pollinated with critical role a number of times char i'm sure you've seen him pop up with like Mm -hmm. calamity and traumatizing all the critical role players and matt mercer has popped up on, on a few different seasons pirates of the leviathan and i think blood keep was the other one another like dark but funny version of like uh supernatural tales like dracula and this is his first time gming the other way around so he's going to be gming uh the next game people don't know what the game is uh but they know or who's going to be in it other than matt mercer dming which is a really cool exciting thing for a lot of critters they're excited to see that cross-pollination but go full-on matt mercer is dming this time around i'm excited to see what that means there is a few hints in the teaser trailer that has the dimension 20 crowd talking about it though if you look at the letter g i'm not even joking in the coming soon message it is in the same font of uh the last game uh the last campaign they run which was starstruck odyssey which is like a cyberpunk 50s uh new age but in space like fallout inspired game that um brennan lee mulligan's mom actually created back in the day for a comic book um it's one of my favorite things ever go check out star trek odyssey the the comic book or the actual play and it's the same g that's in starstruck odyssey their um their uh like font so maybe he's gming in that world which would make sense because he let brennan lee mulligan traumatize everybody in calamity in his world so now he gets to traumatize them in brennan lee (laughs) mulligan's family world um so that's i'm running with that theory because i really want to see it but we don't know if you look around the set there's lots of like um goblets and um that thing that you put incense in um if you're religious i can't remember the name 
I just call them incense holders. It's like an incense holder, but there's a name for like the religious version. Like if you go to like a Catholic church, it's one of those sitting there. So it's probably more dark fantasy, but there is like a really bad and corrupt version. Like, yeah, like it's not in real life Catholic church in Star Trek Odyssey. So maybe Mm -hmm. it fits in that, but I'm super excited. Do you two care at all? Sharday, you like Critical Role. Matt Mercer, does this do anything for you? You're going to finally use the password (laughs) I gave you to Dropout, which Dropout is so cool. They said to share your password and i did yeah because i do anything um that sam tells me to do if you don't know sam basically owns dropout so (laughs) um i I, i'm more intrigued now that more than ever to check out dropout and i i mean i was before but like i'm very curious now that you mentioned starstruck odyssey because i've never seen matt mercer dm a campaign like that before it's such a different vibe for him Uh uh-huh so if he if that if that does end up being the case i am so intrigued as to how that will go because i'm so used to seeing him just gm these fantastical like big epic fantasy games so it'll be super interesting to see and also how he jives with whoever the cast is i'm gonna keep my eye on who's in the cast because i know i've been on tiktok Everybody wants Emily Axford and Matt Mercer to be on the same table. It would and be I amazing. Be she's amazing. such a goblin, and like, yeah, but she exactly. like over the years she's learned the rules, and she will push every GM boundary yep. of like, can mm-hmm. I just try this? One of my favorite, like, and every single game with her versus Brennan, um, she'll be like, can I try this? He's like, well, sure. If you're making up um, game concepts, then I get to make up game concepts. Like, I can make up rules on the fly too. Like if you're just trying to create the thing like to get advantage like no why would that's not a mechanical thing but uh so just seeing them like make up things to fight is really interesting seeing her try to pull that with matt mercer who is notoriously i wouldn't say full-on rules is written but a little bit more hardcore with some of the rules i think it would be really interesting to see um does matt mercer do much of the like limited campaign or one-shot games on the critical Uh, role network a lot of times i see that's where the guest gms come in right so he yeah so different members of critical role have gm'd one shots i think every cast member has now done their own one shot and matt has gm'd one shots within like the canon campaign lore Mm -hmm. so he has gm'd battle royales he's gm'd um like a spoilers I guess if you haven't watched Critical Role, the Percy and Vex wedding, he is GM'd like one shots for um there was a live one shot they did where they the the search for Grog. That's that was one of them. Like they he he's he's GM one shots in his own campaign lore, but I don't think he's ever GM'd anything that wasn't in his own world before, at least on Critical Role. Yeah, I like some of the wrong. specials that they've done on their at least on their podcast feed, like Brennan did their Elden Ring one shot and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then Abria came in, did EXU, mm-hmm. and then Brennan came in and did EXU. Um, and then all the players have done their own some of the i talison does vampire the masquerade sam does like sam and marisha do like the one page rpg stuff so yeah it'll be interesting now that i think about it like that i don't think i've ever seen matt gm anything that wasn't in exandria so which is really exciting yeah he might be bringing Alexandria to D20 or he I, might just be yeah doing I, d- yeah else. i doubt that one just because critical role like i i what would they have to gain to do that you know like putting more exandria on a different network behind a paywall like i I, maybe 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 they were like here's a buttload of money but i just feel like that Mm -hmm. a lot of critical role people are not quiet 
you know like critters <laughs> like do you remember the backlash when they were like hey we we funded this on patreon or kickstarter or whatever for the show and they're like but we're gonna put it out on amazon too which you can still get but other people can get it too and they're like what the fuck man this is not what we signed up for can you imagine they said yeah really? you can watch our new game oh yeah there was a huge I never, backlash i never saw that i must be on a different side of twitter because i backed the kickstarter oh i know I yeah really cool with it on kickstarter i saw the <laughs> full like, dichotomy between you and john because john was on the other side of that he wasn't as mad as some of the people but he gave me the full rundown and the oh, links to some of those stories okay. so it was interesting to see the two halves of it but i can't imagine that they said yeah our next exandria campaign is behind a paywall on, paywall. on dropout Ooh. yeah no that's a good point you make there that's a good way to turn <laughs> those two communities against each other instead of no, yeah, the cool cross-pollination do that. that's just dumb exactly which it's already <laughs> such a cool collaborative community between it the two is, of us yeah. so i i just i i don't imagine it's going to be that but i could be wrong i it would be really cool to see that um i'm just excited like that teaser was so cool like obviously if you follow any sort of actual plays you know that that was matt mercer's silhouette as soon as the video starts um it's a very iconic hairdo um but like the coming to the silhouette and it's like coming soon and then it just fades in and then you see matt mercer behind the table instead of brennan or any of the other people that have uh dm stuff like abria over at dimension 20 um it's just a very exciting concept to see and i'm excited i haven't watched a lot of actual plays with matt mercer at the helm since critical role was first like a thing when it like it first came out mm -hmm. is really when i was watching a lot of critical role i haven't really watched a lot since i've watched some one shots and tried to jump in mm -hmm. a few times and i watched a lot of the other people that popped up like when brennan and abria did exandria unlimited um and i watched anything lou wilson's in so I, ha I haven't seen him at the helm in a long time. I'm excited to see, like, maybe this gets me back into Critical Role, which maybe. it's pretty easy to catch up, right? There's not, like, totally. 4,000 hours of it, right? <laughs> could probably then, catch up know, in a weekend. Have, there are people like Lissa who are just smiling and nodding, saying, yeah, you, you have fun with your actual plays. That's what I'm doing <laughs> right now because she's so quiet. <laughs> yeah, Lissa, what does this do for you? I would love to hear yeah, your thoughts on you? Matt Mercer coming to Dimension 20. I just, as soon as I saw the the uh, promo video or the teaser trailer, I guess you can say, mm -hmm. I, I was just imagining, like, the hype that Charday is feeling. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, nothing, nothing's going on in this, but I'm, like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, Charday must be super excited. Oh, my God, she's <laughs> hyping. She's fangirling right now. So, yeah, as, as you're talking about this, I'm just peeling my orange and eating it. Um. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, there's that. And uh, moving on, still on Brendan Lee Mulligan, as I always am when it comes to where my thoughts mm. are during the day. Um, Worlds Beyond <laughs> Number, uh, his, Lou Wilson's, Abrian Igards, and Erica Ishii's um, uh, podcast, actual play, um, finally is officially launched. You can follow the entire children's campaign, um, which is like their little prequel campaign. And then uh, the first few episodes of the official campaign is out there. They just dropped all of it on Patreon randomly. Wow. As I refresh my podcast feed, and I see like 15 new episodes. I was like, of what? Whoa. And it was all from their feed. I was so fucking excited. And it's <laughs> it's so fucking good. I, I don't even know. I All I have is hyperbole, Char. But right. I don't even know if that counts. Because it's, it's all superlatives, but they're all accurate. So uh like it's just fucking awesome i cried like 15 times this morning listening to episode four so 
It's just, just go listen to it if it breaks your heart. Uh, I'm sorry, but also you're welcome. I don't know what else to say, but it's out. They've been they've been teasing it. They've been pipping it out there. I've been talking about it, and you can go get so many of the episodes. Shar, are you gonna go check out Worlds Beyond Number? Are they free yet? Some of them, yeah. Then maybe yes. I just I I my podcast time like I'm behind on all my podcasts is my walk time. Like sure. when I go on walks, I listen to podcasts. But because it's been so fucking cold and there's another winter storm coming to our area soon i'm like well i'm gonna be even more behind i had like a great five mile walk the other day where i caught up on a little bit of my podcast like backlog Mm -hmm. but now it got really cold again and definitely too cold to like go on an extended walk other than to you know take the dog out to pee sure so um hopefully i will get a chance to listen soon as soon as i can actually like go outside and get some space from the world (laughs) you know go for a nice meditative mental health walk you know if you want another chance doing that i hike on weekends as it gets warmer and sometimes me and my buddy dave go uh if you're interested we hit the trails we don't go super hard or anything we just walk through the woods talk about D. so you're totally welcome to join us there we hit like some of the the um state park trails and there's actually a few over by you that we were going to try to do this summer I do love me some walks, but also I'd be tuning you out because I'd be listening to the podcast. That's okay. Sometimes we do that too. So then it's just like, hey, if I fall on this trail, someone will make sure they tell my loved ones oh, where I died. Good. You know? That wasn't a concern when I went on a walk until right now. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thanks for that. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> well, I was actually looking at, like, we're, we're looking at buying a house soon, and we were looking over in, like, your neck of the woods uh, where your parents mm-hmm. live, and I was like, oh, maybe uh, maybe I'll buy over this so I can throw shit at Char when she goes on walks. I don't know. <laughs> throw shit at <Yeah. laughs> All of a sudden, just, like, a can of, like, uh, green beans just smacks me in the face. I would not throw something that heavy. That's not funny. That's assault. <laughs> Jesus. Ah, moving on uh, to our final story of the day. Not a lot to say about this, but Pathfinder RPG publisher confirms stance on the use of AI artwork and writing, and rather the use, uh, the non-use of it in their products. Um, They had a pretty good quote in here. Um, What did they exactly say? Is basically our our audience expects a human touch. Um, which was about all they'd say on it. Customers expect a human touch, which was their quote. Um, this comes from Alex Meehan over at Dicebreaker. The publisher responsible for the Pathfinder role-playing game series Paizo has confirmed its stance on the use of AI artwork and writing. In a statement released via the company's official Twitter account, Paizo has confirmed that it will not accept artwork nor written submissions that have been created using AI programs. The statement references the recent uptick in the use of algorithm-generated imagery and text, as well as highlighting the various ethical and legal issues surrounding AI art and writing prompt programs. Paizo noted the serious threat that AI art and writing programs pose to the livelihoods of the partners who have worked with tabletop role-playing game studio in the past, as well as those who continue to work with it now. The seriousness of the threat posed by AI art and writing programs demand that the company take a firm position against the use of this technology in Paizo products. This was really heartening to hear. We always try to throw out the caveat when we talk about Paizo. Like, they definitely were an underdog in the fight versus Wizards of the Mm -hmm. Coast, but they are not 
your friendly neighborhood small time game publisher they are a million dollar company they are big mm -hmm. they can be bad especially when it comes to how they treat some of their artists in the past and their writers so not saying they're never a bad guy but this is a good stance for them to take and definitely won some points with me how do you two feel about this I'll let Lissa take this one because we went on for APs for too long. What do I feel about this? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with AI artwork. I'm, it's taking away from artists. I mean, I've, I've stated my opinion on AI artwork on this podcast before. Like, it's not going to come as a shock to anyone. Right. How do you feel about Paizo going, yeah, fuck AI art? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. Fuck AI art. Um, <laughs> like, what's Me too. There to <laughs> what's there to disagree on? Like, 100%. Pay artists. Pay people who are sweating and bleeding into their, like, art and art should be paid for. Art should be hard. It is blood, sweat, and tears, and you should pay artists. Like, AI just seems very... It might be stealing from artworks, or it is stealing from artworks. It is stealing for artists. Um, and I don't I don't like that. Right. And that that's where a lot of this comes in. Like, I, I use any tool possible. As someone who's like... I'm a working artist. Like, sometimes I use stuff that back in the day they would have been like, oh, that's cheating. Like, when I, I do a lot of digital art, and like the fact that I can copy a layer and rotate it when I mess up or uh, undo a few things instead of having to erase several of my, like, my inkings um, used to be cheating. But I use the tools at my disposal to sell my artwork. That's not the same thing as somebody feeding in artwork that someone's created to like make money off of it without the the artist getting to benefit at all, and that's bullshit. And I like specifically to bring it back to the point. I like that a big company in a nerd centric environment that would possibly benefit like somebody going oh i just like ai generated art i like the idea so i'm gonna buy this book i like that they're taking a stance against it especially uh like i mentioned paizo in the past not paying artists very well and causing issues there where they've come in uh, it as like the bad guy and cheap on a lot of times and not paying people what they're worth i like the idea that they're going hey listen we might not always be the best guy but we're not doing that and i think that that's really important uh, for companies to to stand against, and it's really cool to see them doing that. Whether or not that like there's some big bad reason behind it, probably as any corporation does anything. But I'm still happy by the stance, and I hope more actually come out and actually say that because the way that Hasbro was talking with trying to do AI GMs and shit, I wouldn't be surprised. They're like, yeah, this one's completely done with AI art. What could go wrong? Our community loves computers. This is gonna be great. <laughs> so I'm excited to see Paizo at least uh, reading the room on this subject. Yeah, reading the room and making a absolutely. Statement. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally the bare minimum to be like, yeah, this is bad. Right? We don't support this. <laughs> it's still nice to hear sometimes because I feel like the TTRPG community has just been dragged through the ringer recently. So like, <laughs> this is a it's a win to see a bigger company just even if it's the bare minimum putting out a statement saying, yeah, fuck this shit. Listen, we've now seen and we've learned that we have to at least ask for the bare minimum because they're not going to give it to us, right? So exactly. 
So we learned our lesson. We get it. We get <laughs> it. We did it. We get it. Stop. We learned. Can you just can you just be okay? Like, <laughs> please. For five minutes. Oh man, like the amount of people they're like, oh, you still play D and D? And I'm like, I didn't buy it. I swear, <laughs> I already had it. <laughs> it was just already on the shelf. I'm cool, guys. Please. Been out since 2015. I, I run GURPS right now. Let me come in. Um, so. <laughs> It's just exciting to see them kind of do that, and uh, we agree here. You know, fuck uh, apparently, fuck AI art and uh, and fuck text AI as art. it slowly takes over text too. I'm gonna be put out yeah. of a job soon as all comic book writing is done uh, via AI. But in the meantime, I'm gonna keep trying. Um, <laughs> if you want to see what I'm trying to do, you can find me on all of the comic book platforms. Uh, T. S. Luther. Or on Twitter at Resident Stevel. If you want to follow the entire podcast in general, we're at Cape Trolls Pod on Twitter. You can find our website, campykillcreations.com, and all of our other podcasts and cool content over there. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so, patreon.com slash campykillcreations. Drop a buck or two. You get early content, bonus content. You're going to get this episode several days before anybody else, which is exactly what you want. You want to hear my voice before other people do. Um, that's what everyone tells me. Um, if you about arcanus before everyone else exactly you need to hear me say arcanus <laughs> over and over again um <laughs> you say that at the table i will lose <laughs> and you can't stop me and i will not be able to let it go <laughs> my arcanus is getting tight thinking about this um short <laughs> Yes, I just needed to do one thing and send me no. a video. Re- record it in real time and send me the video because I need to. Oh, okay. It. Yeah, sure. I thought you were going to say, please say that in your game. And I was going to draw a hard line and be like, I will never say that as a GM. If I ever say that as a GM. She draws a hard line on Arcanus. Um... I draw a hard line on Arcanus. I can't keep a straight face saying it. And I don't expect anybody else to keep a straight face. If you take anything from this podcast, it's Sharday hard and Arcanus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, over on that Patreon, you can find Char's uh, lore rewrites. This month, we did Loth. I did the artwork. Char did the awesome rewrite on it. And Lissa did the uh, layouts for it. So you can go check out that lore rewrite and all the other ones over on our Patreon. Charday, where can the people find you online? They can find me as the best host of the Slavenly Trolls podcast, where we talk about D&D and how fucked up its history and lore is sometimes. I didn't know that. Char- and... D&D is fucked up lore? Yeah, super oh, fucked up. Wow. Super fucked up. I don't know if you know that. Um, and then I run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter at Slovenly Trolls. All right. Lissa, where can the people find you online? I am behind the at Cave Trolls pod Twitter account um, for the benefit and detriment of the community. <laughs> and <laughs> I. <laughs> Beautiful. I also run the at Slovenly Trolls Instagram account, and uh, you may find me on Slovenly Trolls being the worst, the brat worst uh, of the <laughs> podcast. You are definitely the brat worst of Slovenly Trolls. So we're gonna put that in the tagline from now on. 
Um, <laughs> sovereignly trolls, sovereignly trolls. Lissa is the bratwurst. Ding. Ding. <laughs> um, and if you want to email any of us, you can e- do so at campyguildcreations at gmail.com. You can bitch about this podcast, review us on all the podcast apps, drop five stars. Even if you want to say that we're horrible, still drop five stars. Let other people listen and talk about how horrible they are. Because the more popular we are and you hate us, the more people will see your negative review. But if you put one star, no one will see it, you know? So you put the five stars, we get popular. You can see how much you're cooler than all those people. So five-star reviews, even if you hate us. Um, it helps uh, keep the lights on and the mics rolling. So without further ado, we're going to go now. We're the Cave Trolls, and we're out. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, the Lorax and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much. 